when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Carousel talk, is that something you just ignore? Yeah, yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired and the next week you're going to take another job and I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question. I'm the man to go get it done with this staff, with this team, with this program. There's not anybody left standing after 2015. All right, I am. And I know what it takes. You build in together, you fight together, and you go find a way to get it done. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, mate, what's going on? Hey, Shane, glad to be back in action. Sorry we missed, uh, you know, last episode. Obviously, Shane had to work, and I honestly, I was putting together a show, Shane. Mm-hmm. Started drinking some beers, and... <laughs> <laughs> well, I checked, the, I checked the thing this morning. It's like... Oh, the thing's not loading. What happened to Mike? I was ready to listen to your solo pa- uh, solo pod there. No, one beer turned into two, turned into three. <laughs> Next thing you know, I fell asleep. So, sorry about that. But uh, back in action. And, you know, I didn't have a ton to talk about anyway for a show yesterday. So, just going to kind of wrap that into our picks podcast here. And I wanted to start here, Shane, with the 2019 Broyles Award nominees. So, this is... Uh, 21 assistants around the nation nominated and of course this is an annual award named after frank broyles of course who uh, you know always had a culture of identifying young assistant coaches and giving them uh, the start before they became excellent head coaches this is a prestigious award given annually to the top assistant coach in the nation and i'm not going to go over the entire list we're going to go over just specifically the sec coaches that are on this list uh, and I already know where, where Shane's going to go with who he thinks should win it. So uh, let's just go in order of all the guys here listed, and then we'll discuss it. Starting with uh, Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian, Auburn defensive coordinator Kevin Steele, Florida receivers coach Billy Gonzalez, Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning, LSU passing game coordinator Joe Brady, Missouri defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, and finally, Ole Miss defensive coordinator Mike McIntyre. Those are your SEC assistants on the 2019 Frank Broyles Award nominee list. Thoughts on that, Shane, and uh, who are you giving it to from that? <laughs> from those names? You know, I didn't even know Ryan and Mike uh, McIntyre were on this list because I stopped at Joe Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I think there's – I mean, I'm a gambling man. I'd I'd put the whole damn house on Joe Brady winning this thing. Of course, I'd probably end up losing, but he's the he's obviously my favorite on this list. Uh-huh. Uh, funny comment: Ollie came in, asked why Chief wasn't on there, and you know he was close, but he was just you know not close enough. So, uh, <laughs> who do you think, man? Do you any of these names surprise? I mean, I do like Mac or Mike McIntyre. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. you know, I like what he's done with Ole Miss, and I'm kind of surprised uh, Walters is even on there. 
Yeah, those are kind of my observations as well, Shane. Obviously, slam dunk option Joe Brady at this point, particularly coming off that Alabama performance and uh, speculation out of Baton Rouge. This guy, I believe he's making $400,000 this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to start giving him $1.8 million <laughs> after one season. I mean, he's going to get paid more than most coordinators to give you an idea of what LSU thinks of him. So, you know, if LSU is willing to make that kind of commitment to him, that should tell you all you need to know about how good of an assistant he is. So now th- that's the obvious candidate, but uh, I'm glad you went to Mike McIntyre. You know, that that Ole Miss defense, Shane, was one of the worst in the nation last season. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're one of the best this year, but they have been the strength of that team. I know they don't have a ton of wins at this point, but, you know, a a player two, two or three games goes a different way. Ole Miss has a winning record right now. So you got to look at the whole, the entire spectrum of what's going on. I think Mike McIntyre runner-up I could certainly see uh, but the rest of this list I mean Kevin Steele I think he's obviously doing an outstanding job and let me throw it to you this one uh, I just thought of this Shane obviously it looks like now this is not locked into place or anything but it looks like we're going to have an SEC championship of LSU versus Georgia what happens if Georgia's defense I don't want to say shuts them down but maybe just LSU has their worst game. Georgia wins the game. I think you got to have some extra respect there for the Georgia defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, who's on this list. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if one game is enough to flip you know, a, a, an award like this, but I think that's something that would f- have to factor into the voting. No, for sure. I, I You know, because we – I've been warming up to the idea that that this is a phenomenal defense. You know what I'm saying? There's there's been times through the year I've been saying, yeah, I mean it's Georgia. They they haven't played anybody yet. But then when you look at what they've been able to do, I mean to hold teams to no rushing touchdowns is impressive. I mean this is 2019. Do you know how damn hard that is? I don't care who you're playing. So this defense is legit and uh a lot of that's you know stems with coach so yeah i i think he is he is an x factor if i'm telling you if lsu loses and then georgia holds out auburn to no points you know who knows maybe this thing's flipping and two other names shane i wanted to mention quickly here two guys that a uh, little bit surprised they didn't make this list i certainly would have had them on it kentucky offensive coordinator eddie grand you know, I think I just continue to marvel at what they're doing with a receiver at quarterback. Keep in mind, obviously, Benny Snell no longer on the roster, mm-hmm. and it'd be one thing if he was a senior and they, you know, it's not like they. I would would imagine they knew he was going to be leaving, but you never know when you're doing recruiting. You know, who's going to be three and out? But uh, keep in mind, you know, that I wouldn't say they weren't prepared for it, but it's just tough when you're losing your all-time leading rusher, all-time leading touchdown scorer to the NFL, and there's been no drop-off. I mean, Kentucky's rushing offense, one of the best in the SEC, so I'm surprised he didn't make the cut. And how about uh, from your squad, Shane, Derek Ansley, the defensive coordinator there at Tennessee. Obviously, a lot of uh, Tennessee's woes at the beginning of the season. I think it just kind of stemmed from a lot of the players not understanding their roles. I mean, remember, they didn't even know how to line up in some of these games. Right. Now, all of a sudden, Tennessee's defense – I mean, they're playing outstanding football. We're talking, 
I think in the last like 12 quarters, they've only been scored on like 10. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's incredible. And they're playing a lot of freshmen, a lot of redshirt freshmen, a lot of sophomores. So I, you know, obviously I'm sure Jeremy Pruitt's got a heavy hand in that defense, but first year defensive coordinator, Derek Ansley, I think he deserves some credit for what they're doing there on Rocky top. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you, uh, do you think it's a joke that Steve's on there? Uh, I mean, cause I, I'm not, I'm saying this cause go with me here. You know, it was, it was just a few years ago or last year we were pumping up Mike Loxley. And if, if, you know, it wasn't like he was just some fantastic coach, you know, he was just somebody that struggled at New Mexico. Mm-hmm. They plug and play, you know, they do well. He gets some accolades. He gets a new job offer and now he's three, seven in Maryland. So do you think that's, do you think that's more of a, a, a system you know, uh, award, or do you think that's actually Steve deserving of uh, of being acknowledged as one of the best uh, coordinators in the SEC? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I thought it was a joke that Bloxley won it, not to take away from Alabama's offense. They're outstanding, but I think you kind of hit on it. There was Sarkeesian on the list. You know, I certainly don't think he's doing a bad job, but I just think every time Alabama lines up, I mean, there's no answer for all their receivers. Right. They may they may have the most talented quarterback in the nation. I mean, I think damn near any coordinator is going to look outstanding with those with those guys. Because keep in mind, until here lately, I mean, Alabama struggled to run the ball. So, yeah, I don't I don't think I'd have Sarkeesian on my list. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. All right, Shane. Speaking of coaching, before we get to our picks here, I know this is a picks podcast. Let's uh, jump on down to Fayetteville. Woo pig! Where the rumor meal is churning, Shane. <laughs> and I should note, before we get into the coaching rumors here, Chandler Morris, Chad Morris's son, decommits from Arkansas. Completely unacceptable. Unacceptable in all areas. I think we obviously all saw that coming. And all of a sudden, he just landed a USC offer, Shane. So that's a tough blow for the Razorbacks. They're recruiting class right now, Shane. 116th. <laughs> in the nation That's, they got I mean, six six recruits i think so yeah and i mean who knows if those kids are really even committed at this point so <laughs> That's bound to happen when you make a coaching change, so I'm not trying to pile on there. As soon as they make a coaching hire, you know, they'll reload the deck there a little bit. But uh, that's, I mean, if you're you're at where you're at, and if you're a Razorback fan, and that's uh, helping things. But No, but it's a bit, it, it would be a benefit if they could get somebody in there sooner than later, you know, because you're right. That, that, that national signing day, that early signing day is right around the corner, man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the... You know, the genius part of doing doing it early. Florida State, yeah. Arkansas making these moves. They're able to work these phone lines. And not to say the other schools aren't, but, you know, they'll, they will should be able to find their candidate really quickly, get them in there. So I like uh, that uh, Hunter Juracic made that move. But uh, let's talk some of the names that are rumbling here, Shane. We've got some interesting ones. Some guys on the list, some guys not. I know old Houston Nut, Shane. Jumped on a local radio station there in Arkansas on Wednesday. Said, you know, he's open, he's available. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Uh, I don't know if. I mean, I'm sure Arkansas already knew that, but uh, I just thought that was interesting. And believe it or not, Shane, he said he would not take the job if everybody wasn't on the same page. I think that's kind of some BS there. I think he'd take it regardless. But just thought that was interesting. He's not going to be the hire, but one guy that may. Lane Kiffin, Shane, that's a name that's popping up. And uh, yeah. th- someone dug up this old clip 
Now, of course, this was 10 years ago, uh, this, this story that is being told. So uh, I don't know how interested Lane Kiffin is, but certainly Arkansas, a, a fantastic job, particularly when you, I know FAU's got nice weather. That's about all I can say for that job. Lane Kiffin would more than likely jump at the Arkansas job, Shane. But uh, let's kick it over to Mike Lombardi, former NFL GM, who now works in the media. And uh, this is, uh, I can't recall when this interview was found, but uh, some Arkansas fans dug it up, Shane. Mike Lombardi, who had, has worked with Kiffin at the Oakland Raiders, he shared a little story about uh, how bad Kiffin wanted the Arkansas job when it ultimately went to Bobby Petrino. What do you think of the Sarkeesian hire then? It's interesting. I'll tell you a great Al Davis story. So Sarkeesian was on our staff with the Raiders when North Turner was the head coach. After one year, went back to SC. Al was, when Al fired, Archell was looking for a coach. So he wasn't a real fan of Sarkeesian when he was on the staff, but for some reason he became a fan of Sarkeesian. Brought Sarkeesian up for an interview, was thinking about making him the head coach. Brought him back again, was thinking about making him a head coach. Brought him back the third time and told him, bring your offensive coordinator. I want to interview your offensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. who you think could be the head coach. He brings Lane Kiffin with him. So the (laughs) two of them sit in the room with Al, and they go over what they're going to do. They go back to Los Angeles. Sarkeesian leaks it out that he's not interested in the Raider job. He pulls out. So Al reads that on the ticker going through and says, well, you know what? I think Lane Kiffin was a better, was a better guy than him anyway. Brings Lane back for the interview and hires Lane. And then <laughs> That's a true story. Wow. That's, that, that is, is not even disputable. That's a completely true story. Lane Kiffin just happened to be just all along for the ride. So wait a minute. You're saying Lane Kiffin fell up? He fell Get up. out of here. He fell up. You've got to be. He was in for the You've interview. You've got to be kidding he me. Was play, he was in for the interview as the wow. offensive coordinator, and all of a sudden he got a battlefield promotion. Now, I mean, U.S. Grant didn't have this. I, I'm, I'm just blowing up our rundown, man, with all your great stories. <laughs> so you said you got another Lane Kiffin one? Yeah. Uh, this, okay, what is a, this is a great one. So Lane Kiffin's the head coach of the Raiders. He's not have, happy with Al and the way things are going. This is before the This is before the overhead. And so the Arkansas job opens up. Now, Arkansas, his father had coached at Arkansas. Lane's dad, Monty, was a coach at Arkansas. Sure. That's where all the, the, the Pete Carroll, that's where the mafia kind of started back in Arkansas. And Arkansas opens up, and Lane wants the Arkansas job. Well, Arkansas has two choices. It's either Bobby Petrino, who's now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, mm. or it's Lane Kiffin of the Raiders. And they tell Petrino, look, you can have this job, but you have to leave the Falcons today or else we're going to hire Lane Kiffin. And Petrino's like, okay. And that's why Petrino left midway through the season. That's why he just hightailed out of there. Because if not, Lane was going to get the job and be the head coach of the uh, Raiders, a a head coach of the Arkansas Razorbacks. And Lane would have actually really wanted that job. In fact, I know reliably reported to me uh, that when that was announced that that, uh, he got the job, that Petrino got the job, Lane was slamming doors in the facility because he really thought he had that job. All right, Shane. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. It doesn't really mean a ton, but I think, what it does show is the fact that, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin's got a lot of respect for the Arkansas job. And I'm sure if Hunter Juracic picked up the phone to and dialed the FAU <laughs> area code, uh, he could get Kiffin in a heartbeat. But what are your thoughts on that? Uh, uh, Lane Kiffin at Arkansas, would, would that make sense to you? Uh, yeah, it's a sexy hire. You know, I, I think that I think Lane would love the I mean, he would absolutely love the opportunity opportunity to come in there and, and and coach for an sec team again you know i don't think it's his dream landing spot but you know you hear something like this even though it was from 10 years ago and lord knows how long you know when it actually happened well, 
I don't even remember when he was at the Raiders, but it was right before he was hired at Tennessee. So I think it was 2008. Okay. So it's been about 10. I mean, I mean, so I'm not saying that he's lying, you know, he's always got good sources. So, I mean, obviously it meant something to him 10 years ago, you know, and if you feel that strong 10 years ago and then given the certain you know situation that he's in down there, I, I think he's, he'd be slamming doors again if he wasn't invited up at least for an interview on this thing. So, um, no, I think I like Lane. I like Lane up there. I think it's going to be good for recruiting. I think you'll have a fun, exciting offense again. And it seems like a like a Jerry Jones type hire too, you know. So I don't know. I'm not saying that he has a part in it, but you know, he he's probably got some backdoor dealings with it. And you think the fans would be happy with that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Going? You kidding? Going from Morris to Lane Kiffin? You'd be crazy <laughs> not to, man. I don't think he's like the top one. I think mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of folks that like the stability of uh, uh, the Memphis coach. What's his name? Uh, Norvell. Right. You know, I think I think a lot of people would like that. Just a good ball coach. He's he's got a proven track record. You know, Lane Lane's a you know, he's a wild card, but it seems like he I mean, he's not been in the news, so I guess he's being okay down there in uh <laughs> FAU, you know what I'm saying? I don't so. know if they got news down there, but uh, at least uh, beat writers on the FAU beat, I don't know, but I will say obviously Kiffin knows the SEC West, knows the landscape, so yeah. Uh, he would know what he'd be getting into, so to speak. He'd know a lot of the defense, defensive minds he's going up against. He'd know a lot of the head coaches. So that'd be an interesting one. I'm Absolutely. Not, I, I would not, uh, you know, it, it, it'd be kind of a mixed bag there. But uh, Arkansas, Arkansas could do a lot worse. And how about this rumor, Shane? And this is apparently some of the players coming out here supporting this. I don't know how I feel about this one. Former Arkansas offensive line coach, current Georgia offensive line coach, Sam Pittman. For some damn reason, his name's getting mixed up in this, and I guess they're thinking, you know, the Coach O, Dabo type route, where if you surround this guy with some quality coordinators, Mm -hmm. maybe he can get the job done. And a little bit more fuel to the fire here, Shane, because on Wednesday's SEC teleconference, Kirby Smart was asked about Sam Pittman becoming a head coach. Thoughts on uh, his his offensive line coach, if he would become, you know, his thoughts on uh, if Pittman would be a good head coach. I don't think Kirby's going to hold him back, but, you know, some of the comments he makes here in this clip is just, you know, he's a good recruiter. We know that. You know, he's, he's I mean, I love his Twitter videos when he comes out, you know, half lit with a cigar, you know. Mm-hmm. That's Pittman, that's, and that's what – People love him. People are drawn to him, and and I think he'd be a hell of a recruiter out there. But I don't know. Can he be a Can he be a hell of a coach? He's got to do. I think if he did something like this, he's it's got to be a similar situation of uh, LSU. You know, you got to surround yourself with with good coaches. You know, so if he were to take this job, I, I think he wouldn't have any trouble getting talent there. But you know, developing the talent, you know, creating a just a top to bottom, you know, football squad, he's going to have to have an excellent support staff around him. So, uh, but Hey, trust me, I'm a Tennessee fan. I'd love to get him out of Georgia. You know, I'd rather face Arkansas every 10 years than I would have to face Pittman's offense every year. Well, let's kick it over to Kirby then Shane, cause uh, this is what he had to say on Pittman's prospects as a head coach. Hey, uh, with the opening, uh, here at Arkansas, some, uh, Arkansas former lineman have been lobbying for Sam Pittman to, to be the head coach. Um, just wondering, being around Sam, uh, 
what kind of head coach do you think he could make, or do you think he has the the wherewithal to be like an SEC head coach? Sam's got an incredible personality, and uh, kids gravitate to Sam's personality. He's a tremendous asset for our program, and uh, he'd make an incredible head coach uh, given the opportunity. He's uh, a joy to be around, and um, he's done a tremendous job for our program. He's been uh, one of the major parts of the foundation, which you know starts with the offensive line, defensive line, and he's been a part of that ever since we we've been here. And uh, he's he's got a lot of experience, and he's uh, been a lot of places. Certainly been a big uh, help to me. All right, yeah, Shane. I mean, it would be it'd be interesting. I guess that'd be the best way to put it. I don't know. I'm not saying it'd be worse than Chad Morris because Lord knows you can't get much worse. <laughs> but just such a big job as Arkansas, I don't know how I feel about handing it over to someone that has no idea how to be a head coach no. at this level. So. I, this would certainly not be the move I would make. Uh, now, there's been rumblings, and this is kind of more speculation. I think this started by uh, a guy by the name of, I think his name's Mike Neighbors there in Arkansas who, who covers the team. And he indicated, he didn't even say, this is really weird, Shane. He kind of like threw out a rumor, but he wouldn't put the guy's name to it, and everyone's putting the pieces together. He's saying Butch Davis former Miami coach, former Cleveland Browns coach, now the head coach at Florida International, who mm-hmm. apparently is doing pretty good. And he suggested they could get Butch Davis to come and Sam Pittman would be his offensive line coach. But I think you're kidding yourself. You know, I'm not trying to down Arkansas here, but I think you're kidding yourself if you think you're going to pull Sam Pittman from Georgia for the same position at Arkansas. I know he served at Arkansas previously, Apparently he's got family ties to Arkansas, but uh, go look at uh, Georgia's offensive line. It's damn beast mode over there, and they've right. they've got a, another couple five stars and some four stars committed. I mean, he's got a machine there at Georgia, and he's got the next wave of of the machine coming. So, and, that, that I mean, they're getting older to me. <laughs> they ain't getting younger, Mike. You know, it just seems like. You know, why fight it? I mean, I, I'm not saying that Sam doesn't have it. I'm not saying that Butch doesn't have it, you know, but these guys ain't getting younger, you know. They they, they got pretty good positions right now. Why mess with it? Mm-hmm. And then last one, Shane, I know this is uh, always the rumor mill. Gus Malzahn, Arkansas. <laughs> he was asked to share his thoughts on the Arkansas job. And I got to be honest with you, Shane, uh, on this call, this uh, – this guy's name is Bob Holt. He works uh, there in the media in Arkansas. He asked damn near every single coach what he thought about the Arkansas job. So I, he must be writing a story on it. And I, it's not like he was trying to, you know, goat Gus Malzahn here and say, you know, Gus was a candidate. I don't know if maybe Gus took it that way because these coaches are not on the entire length of the call. They're just on it for their section. So Mm-hmm. I don't know how to read this comment here, but uh, Gus Malzahn asked about the job, and I can't tell if he's dog in Arkansas or maybe he just didn't want to answer the question. But uh, based on his comments, I mean, I, I'd be pretty pissed off if I'm a Razorback fan. <laughs> um, you're obviously familiar with, with this program, this state. And Arkansas has been, been going through some tough times. Uh, but how good a job do you think it still is? I mean, from, from a coach's standpoint, how, how do other coaches look at this job? Uh, yeah, Bob, I mean, you know, went to the SEC championship, what was it, 10 years ago, something like that, 12 years ago. So, I mean, it's, I think that's how people look at it. 
All right, Shane. So like I said, I can't really tell if he's trying to bag the Arkansas job. I think, you know, I think he's just getting tired of uh, being asked about Arkansas. His Auburn team has got a crucial game here against Georgia. I think that factors into it. And the fact that uh, this is kind of the point that Gus Malzahn has made in the past, and I think this is why he's remained at Auburn and not gone to Arkansas, just given the fact that, yes, Auburn may not be competing for national championships here lately, but they are competing for SEC championships, and his point being that Arkansas is very far removed from that and would take some time to build up to that. So I kind of see what he's saying here. I don't, if I'm a Razorback fan, I don't appreciate the way he said it, but I think that may have just killed all the uh, Gus Malzahn, Arkansas rumblings right there with that comment. Yeah, I think so. And and I think Bob was just, Bob's trying to figure out, or at least, I mean, you don't know the pulse of your own university. You know, when you're sitting there, you, you think that you should be getting Urban Meyer and mm-hmm. all these, you know, but, the, you know, you got to, you got to, have a reality check and i think that's why he's asking all these coaches is i mean is just you know this is a this is arkansas is a great university and arkansas can be a hell of a gig but it's not there right now just because of you know they've had a bad decade of football you know Mm -hmm. and uh a few more years is a right hire you know then again their arkansas is one of those premier gigs in the in the sec but just right now, it's just not. And I don't think Gus – Gus would be crazy to leave Auburn right now and go down to Arkansas and start from scratch, you know? And could you imagine – let's just say – I just I just said this is not happening, and I, I'm not saying it is. I firmly believe it's not at this point. Let's say Arkansas hires Gus Malzahn, mm-hmm. and then he starts recruiting, you know, on the recruiting trail, and every damn coach and every damn reporter and all this, they're going to they're gonna be – just playing this damn clip. Gus says you should come to Arkansas. Here's him saying they've not been to the SEC <laughs> title game in 12 years. Like, dude, no, that's that just killed it there. Yeah, that's where you're at, man. <laughs> that's it sucks, man. But I mean, hell, we're right. There. I mean, there's a lot of schools right there with you. You know, just just hang in there. You you're just one good coach away from from being relevant again. Absolutely, one Lane Kiffin away. That's right. All right, Shane. So. Uh, we talked about that rumor and speculation. You ready to make some uh, Week 12 picks here? What about when Saban retires? Who's going to take that job? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Not ready for that one, huh? <laughs> gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Not only am I picking Toledo to cover, I'm picking Toledo to win outright. I can't kick your ass, me. heard you say that. <laughs> well, he kicked my ass regardless. <laughs> exactly. Like They're going to beat the brakes off Miami. You watch it. Mike, if Florida wins this damn game, I will sing the fight song Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening, brother. Yeah, orange and blue, waving forever. Forever pride, old Florida. May she droop. Here. I, I forgot to hit record, so you got to do that again. Are you shitting me? No, I'm recording it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start right there, Shane. You hit on Saban. Uh, let's start with the ESPN noon game, 11 o'clock Central, Alabama at Mississippi State. Alabama, Shane, favored by 19 points 
on the road. And before we make our pick, Shane, let's uh, kick it over to Nick Saban, who kind of updated uh, the status of Tua in in practice. And, and he had a lot of Mac Jones comments here, so I don't know where this one's going. I think um, I think Tua may even sit this one out. Tua, you know, made a lot of progress today. Uh, first time that, you know, some of the soreness has gone out. He's started to make a little progress. Uh, still didn't do a whole lot in practice today. Uh, we'll see where he's at tomorrow and kind of go from there. But, you know, we got lots of guys that, you know, we haven't managed through the year when it gets to this point in the season. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, he'll be able to um, do something tomorrow. Be ready to, to Well, Mac's got to get ready to go every week. He's the backup quarterback. Um, you know, obviously, we're not going to play somebody in the game that's not capable of playing. We're not going to play somebody in the game who hadn't practiced enough to be able to play in the game effectively and do his job effectively. Um, so we, we have to make a couple decisions. Is the guy physically ready to play? And that's Doc's decision, medical staff's decision. But I'll never play a guy unless that guy feels like he can play and do his job. And the second thing is, is the guy prepared to play? Um, and can he go do his job because he did what he needed to do? So, um, you know, that, and that's, we have to manage lots of positions that way. Uh, we have guys that can't go full speed ahead all week long, and uh, they're able to practice in some situations, and some situations they're not, and we try to get them healthy enough to be able to play in the game. But, you know, players that have more experience have a better chance of doing that type of thing than, you know, less experienced players. So, um, you know, Max worked hard and he's done a good job this week, and I think he had a good day today. All right, Shane. So that's kind of an important nugget to note. I'm not saying two is going to be out. It sounds like, you know, he may play. It just uh, it would be kind of weird if he came back and then played against LSU and then sat the next week out. So mm-hmm. there's probably a good chance he does appear in this game, but I don't imagine he's going to be playing the whole game. That's that's kind of hard for me to fathom. What are your thoughts on that, and uh, who you like in this game? Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is a game that two addresses out but doesn't play. But coach keeps him keeps him on the sideline, keeps him ready just in case Mississippi State decides to make this a ball game. And then when they don't, you won't see him for another week. Because why? What does Tua have to lose? I mean or win. I mean he's he's not in the running for the Heisman anymore. You know, these guys got one goal in mind, and that is to make a run in the playoffs. And that's kind of why I changed this score. I went back and forth. I thought, man, you know what? Mississippi State's going to make this a ball game. You know, I I like the way Tommy's getting healthy. Uh, You know, the offense looked better the last time we saw him. The defense looked better. But Alabama is a bubble team, officially. Um, They're on that fifth spot, and don't think Coach ain't using this as fuel. They need to create a resume in a month. You know, that nobody nobody cares what they've done. All they think about when they think of Alabama is this is the team that got beat by the LSU Tigers. So why should they be in the playoffs? So I think they're going to create that narrative. I think they're going to come out. I kind of feel bad for Mississippi State because they are going to get the absolute best from the Crimson Tide. And I've got Alabama winning this thing, and we're doing it early, Mike, but my lock of the week goes Alabama 52, Mississippi State 17. Dang, Shane. Joe Moe don't appreciate that one. (laughs) 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 Well, Shane, uh, you know, we've shared this on our Twitter page if you missed it, but uh, for anyone that didn't see it, 
Alabama players watching the college football playoff reveal the other night, waiting to see who that number four squad was. And once they saw it was Georgia, they got all fired up in the locker room. So you may be right, Shane. They, they may be looking to impress the committee. But I don't know, Shane. Losing that last game after putting so much into it, going on the road against a Mississippi State team, two weeks to prepare, and this team plays a lot better at home. Uh, before I make my pick, Shane, I just wanted to kick it over to uh, Tommy Stevens, who met with the media this week here briefly, just had a comment uh, on uh, you know his performance in that Arkansas game. And moving forward, it certainly sounds like they're going to stick with Tommy Stevens under center, and I think that's the right move. The way you ran the ball at Arkansas, was that an emphasis to just take off quicker, to be more decisive and just let's just make it happen in the ground game? No, it was kind of just what we were given. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it was uh, emphasized. I mean, it was something that, you know, playing in this offense, you have to be able to do. And so um, I'm not going to act like I haven't been limited in the past. Um, you know, I've, I guess, been struggling a little bit this year with some injuries, but um, was able to do some things Saturday that uh, I guess felt more like myself and um, you know ultimately what I was what I was coached to do so um, you know that's that's what it's going to take at least to run this offense at a, at a high level. All right Shane so we saw it I know it was against Arkansas but uh, you know Mississippi State's offense looked incredible it looked a lot like it did early in the season when Tommy Stevens was at 100 percent and that just opens up so many things for Kylan Hill. We know Alabama's defense can be hit on the ground, can be hit through the air. they got a lot of young players playing, a lot of busts in the secondary. Last week we saw that. I mean, there was a chance where LSU could have scored a couple more touchdowns, but Joe Burrow missed a throw here or there. So I don't know, Shane. I got this one being a close one. As I think Alabama's best weapon now on offense is particularly if Tua does not play, is Najee Harris. So he's heating up. So I think this might be a little bit of a battle of the running backs here. Kylan Hill, Najee Harris. I know Alabama's got those outstanding receivers. They're still going to make plays. But I think Mississippi State makes this game interesting. I think it could even be a game into the fourth quarter. I'm going mm. a complete 180 of you, Shane. I like Alabama to win it. But Mississippi State, two weeks to prepare. I think they're going to come out ready to play. I got it. Alabama 30 Mississippi State 24. So I got this as a touchdown game here, Shane. Mm. No, I've I got this thing locked down, Mike. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think you're wrong. Well, uh, now I'm just that much more confident that <laughs> now that you've locked it Oh, wait, it up. this ain't the South Carolina game. Never mind. Let me, just <laughs> All right, Shane, next noon game. And remember, this is uh, the first week here of the SEC schedule where there's going to be two CBS games. So the, the first CBS game is going to be noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central. We got Florida Gators at Missouri. The Gators are a touchdown favorite on the road against Missouri. Thoughts on this game, Shane? Well, my first thought is they screwed up, man. You know, this is the two CBS game. You know, they should have done it weeks ago because this is not going to be a ball game. And nothing against Missouri. But they're reeling, son, I'm telling you. And Kelly's going to be limping into this thing. Florida is playing the best ball they have played all year long. And I don't care if it's a cold or warm or mild two degrees up there. Florida's going to come out, and they're going to stomp Missouri. And Missouri just doesn't have an answer. 
and you know Trask is playing at at a at a new level, man. I mean, he honestly is probably, and I hate to say it, uh, probably the number three quarterback in the SEC right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think, what your thoughts on it, because at the start of the season, my my third quarterback was Kelly Bryant, and I don't think that he's going to be able to do it because what makes Kelly so special is the fact that he is a true dual threat, and he will not be able to do that against the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. So I say all that to say this. Florida wins this game 38, Missouri 14. Ooh. Is the spread still seven on this one? It is, and it debuted at five, so – This is an interesting one where Vegas may know something that we don't, Shane, because I like a lot of what you had to say. I'm switching it. I'm switching it. This is my lock. I'm doing it. All right. All right. Can I do that? So you got two locks or just one? Uh, I don't know. The more you talked, I'm going Florida. I I had this circled as as my lock, and I should have kept it, but – I don't know. I'm looking at this spread, and I'm just like, what did they see? I mean, Missouri has got their backs against the wall. Odom's got – I know they've been better at home, but Florida has just been playing on a, a totally different level right now. So, yes, I'm taking Florida lock of the week. Ooh. Congratulations, Missouri fans. You're probably going to win this game. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I like a lot of what you had to say there. And certainly Dan Mullen seems to have his team locked in, which is something that uh, may have been missing there after the F- Georgia game. So I was very impressed. It, you know, I think this week we'll find out if that was more about Vanderbilt than it was Florida. But, I mean, they just thrashed the Commodores so thoroughly. And keep in mind, that's with uh, – I didn't even think they played up to their full potential there in the first quarter they still they still won by 56 points so florida's just uh, on another level right now kelly bryant still kind of banged up we keep hearing he is going to play and they expect him to play well is what barry odom's saying missouri has made these games interesting in in recent seasons particularly in columbia the tigers actually have a two-game winning streak in this one so i don't know this this could be an interesting one now that shane's locked it up but I got a lot of the same because, you know, while Missouri's offense has really been struggling this season, I mean, they're coming off a game where they didn't even score. Of course, Kelly Bryant didn't play, but uh, the week previously they scored seven. And I know Bryant was uh, hampered in that game. And the, But the previous game, I believe they only scored 13, 14 points against Vanderbilt. So uh, all the issues – on, on Missouri's offense have begun to affect Missouri's defense because the defense was playing pretty well. But when you're on the field for damn near the entire game, Shane, you begin to wear down. And I know mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that's just kind of now it's just taking over the entire team here. The kicker's having struggles. Everything, it's a struggle bus in Missouri right now, and I look for that to continue. We almost have the exact same score here. I like the Gators to roll on the road. In this dry, dry, cold, <laughs> Gators winning at 35, Missouri 13. Mm. All right, Shane, we're going to save the Georgia-Auburn game. Let's save that to the very end. But uh, next game on the docket, Kentucky at Vanderbilt, 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central on the SEC Network. And Kentucky, Shane, a big favorite here on the road, just you know, just right down the road here in Nashville. <laughs> Ten and a half points, Kentucky favored 
Who do you like in this matchup? Not enough points, Mike, and not enough people in the box going to be able to slow down Kentucky this week. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> Derek, I, I I said it last week, and you're, you're not willing to buy in just yet, but I honestly think Vanderbilt at this moment is the worst te- team in the SEC. Now, I know Arkansas Every time you it, say that, Arkansas fans just get that much more pissed, Shane. Let me just tell you that. What's that? They get pissed that you're not – Respecting them as the worst. Oh, are they? Well, I'm just saying Vanderbilt is is right there, man. Okay. I, I mean, this is a. You know, the thing that drives me nuts about it is I th- I was expecting more from Vanderbilt, especially in November, and it just feels like every week they take one step back. And last week was an absolute joke. I mean, the fact that they were only able to cross the 50 like twice in a ball game, even when it was out of hand and backups were in, is just a freaking joke. And they have absolutely no offense. If Mo's not back there, is is Mo playing? Just let me ask that. I guess I should have let in. No, it's going to be Riley Neal in her center. Oh, God. Okay. So they're bouncing back between terrible quarterbacks. They've got a fantastic running back. Their wide receiver's a diva that doesn't want to play football. I'm telling you, Kentucky's going to come out with the script they had last week, but they're not going to screw up this week and win this game. Vanderbilt may have the ball like five minutes in this game. Kentucky 28, (laughs) Vanderbilt 7. Ooh. All right, Shane, I'm going the other way on this one. I've been kind of hitting at it all week. I just think it's going to be so hard for Kentucky to bounce back after that frustrating Tennessee game. Really should have won it when you look at, uh, you know, just everything that happened in that game. They completely controlled it for the most part. Just weren't able to cash in on their opportunities. So many miscues in that game really hurt them after having two weeks to prepare. Neither one of these teams defends the run that well, so I kind of agree with what you're saying. It's, it could be ugly. It could be, you know, Vanderbilt. They've they've got to do. They've got to show something here for their coach. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we're going to have another coaching change here. We're going to have another rumor mill going here in Nashville. Which I know you love the coach coach search talk, Shane. <laughs> so we may actually benefit from that one. But you know, with a little bit more consistent play under center, I think Riley Neal, he, obviously he's not great, but he's a little bit better than what we've seen recently at Vanderbilt. I think that'll give him a little bit of a spark. We still, I think Keyshawn Vaughn will have one of his better days. It seems like they're very willing to just keep feeding him the rock, even when it's not working. I think, it, I think they'll have some success against Kentucky in this game at home. Vanderbilt does play a little bit better at home. I'm going with Kentucky to win it, Shane. <laughs> and keep in mind, I also think, I also want to mention this. I think Lynn Bowden, you know, we've done nothing but sing his praises, and I'm, I'm not trying to backtrack on that by any means. I think I think he's going to be all SEC this year for everything he's shown. But at what point has he taken too many hits? You know what I mean? How many times can he keep, doing this i mean it seems like every play he's just getting hit and uh -hmm. he's not not built for that so i think we start to see some of that signs of that this week against vanderbilt so i like kentucky to win but i'm going vanderbilt to cover i'm going kentucky 23 vanderbilt 16 can't tackle him if he's in the end zone mike (laughs) you know (laughs) 
That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, Shane. Night games here. LSU on the road at Ole Miss. 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN, 6 o'clock Central Time. The Tigers, Shane, favored by three touchdowns, 21 points over Ole Miss. And a little note here I wanted to make before we kick it over to our predictions here. Scotty Phillips, running back, sounds like he's good to go, according to Matt Luke. So a little extra boost there for the Rebels. And then uh, take this for for what it's worth because, you know, this website's kind of real hit or miss in my opinion. But uh, right before we hopped on here, Football Scoop is reporting that Matt Luke will return in 2020 Mm-hmm. Thoughts on this one, Shane? With all that news, uh, LSU favored again by 21 points on the road against Ole Miss. Who do you like here? Oh, oh, Matt Luke, players' coach, right there, buddy. And this is going to be a battle of coordinators. Whose coordinator comes out ahead? <laughs> and I think you know, I I hate the I hate the word trap game. Uh, two words, I guess. You know, <laughs> try. <laughs> I guess that's how that works. You know, because. You know, I think trap games are, I think they're real, but I don't think they're real for everybody. Ole Miss has one of the most electrifying players I've ever seen. And, you know, I've said this two weeks in a row, and it's and it's sad that nobody has gotten to see the old plum tree. Well, they're going to get to this week because why, Mike? They're playing the number one team in the nation. The LSU Tigers. Now, LSU has an amazing offense. The defense is coming around. The offensive line struggled at times, but, you know, they are definitely efficient. But I'm telling you right now, this is a sneaky, sneaky game because LSU's already won. It felt like all week watching these highlight videos that they just won the national championship. And Ole Miss is still fighting for a bowl game. Now, I'm saying all these words to say this, Mike. Ole Miss, with the upset, hmm? is not going to happen this week. <laughs> the spread, though, is in jeopardy. And I've got LSU Tigers winning 42, Ole Miss 24. But I think it's close. I do. I do think it's close. I think it's one of those games that LSU just, like, maybe even losing. It would not surprise me if Ole Miss is winning this game at half and then LSU just says, holy shit, we're not going to make a – playoffs if we don't get our stuff together so Mm -hmm. i think it's one of those type of games uh and i hope a lot more people come come out from this game realizing how great a weapon Ole miss has back there behind center so uh all those like i said all that for this 42 24 is my my score so i've got uh old miss covering the spread but i think this is going to be one of the better games played on saturday well, let's crown them, Shane. <laughs> ESPN's crowned LSU. I don't know if you've you know watched all over SEC Network, ESPN. You got Marcus Spears and Booger oh, and yeah. all these people. All week long. With, uh, <laughs> Ryan Clark, I think his name is. I mean, they are just – they're having the time of their lives, and they deserve it. I mean, they just went out. Has Drake, has Drake been down there yet? <laughs> Not, he, bought, he bought an LSU sweater. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrows won the Heisman. Joe Brady, Assistant of the Year, Coach O, National Coach of the Year. I mean, let's crown him, Shane. Oh yeah. How does that not get into your psyche? And keep in mind, this is a rivalry game. 
And you don't have to tell Matt Luke that. You don't have to tell Mike McIntyre that. Uh, you know, they have a lot of experience there in Oxford. Like you said, these players, That's we don't have a clip here because it wasn't a great clip, but Matt Luke's talked about it here recently. Just all the work these seniors have put in. Remember, these are the guys that had to play through all these, uh, you know, sanctions and whatnot. Now they're finally eligible to uh, get to a bowl game. They've been mm-hmm. they've stuck it out at Ole Miss because they like Matt Luke. They love Ole Miss. This is going to be one of their – this is their final home game. It's very hard for me to imagine that they, all things considered, number one team in the nation coming in, already crowned, <laughs> best team <laughs> ever. Uh, I mean, I think Ole Miss really going to give them a game here. And, and how difficult is it, Shane, to prepare a defense one week for just like an you know, all onslaught passing with all these receivers, and then it's almost like going up. Remember when uh, what was that guy's name? Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech. Everyone complained about, oh God, we gotta compare, we gotta prepare for this triple option. That's not quite the triple option, but it's similar to that. Is how physical and and how unique Rich Rodriguez's run game is. So LSU going from one style of, of offense having to stop to a completely different. I think they're going to struggle in this game. I really do. Uh, John Rice Plum, you, you hit on it there. Jerry on Ely looks, it sounds like by all indications, Scotty Phillips going to be able to go. LSU, I think is going to get gashed in the run game in this one. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like you said, you know, hell Shane, I would not even be stunned if Ole Miss finds a way to win this game. I think, and like I said, you know, if the Cal game, that controversy doesn't happen, uh, a different play here or there against Memphis happens, uh, they had the ball to beat Auburn in the final possession, they should have beat Texas A&M, they had some some issues there. Let's say, you know, two or three of those games go the other way, they're sitting here at six and three, This and everyone's t- talking to totally different this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm also, I'm right there with you, Shane. Upset pick against the spread. <laughs> LSU thirty-seven. They're still they're going to have their way with Ole Miss defense. I don't care. I mean, there's still there's no stopping this damn thing. No. But Ole Miss twenty-four. That's good enough to get the cover. Uh, and you know, I I really think the Rebels are going to show up to play, and and LSU is going to find out what it's like to have your target target on their back. Yeah, I I don't know. They've necessarily had that this year. And it, it, it's a lot harder when everyone's gunning for you to try to impress the nation. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good one, man. All right, Shane. The uh, final night game here, South Carolina at Texas A&M, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central on SEC Network. Yeah, fight Nagy, Shane. Jimbo Fisher squad, two weeks to prepare, 11-point favorites. And uh, you hear that? What's that noise, Shane? <laughs> What's that? What's that noise? Sounds like a hot seat. Oh my God, <laughs> we're burning alive! Damn hot, real hot. Hot as this is by shorts. I can cook things in it. Little crotch pot cooking. Well, can you tell me what it feels like? Ooh, what is hot? I told you again. When you're born on the sun, it's damn hot. Before we get to this one, Shane, I've, I keep in mind, I'm the guy that keeps saying they, got, they should bring Will Muschamp back. But my God, Shane, this this will not go away. And the latest comes from the new school president, Robert 
Castlin, a.k.a. General Bob. He goes by, this mm. guy's literally a general via the uh, Greenville News here, Shane. This is what General Bob had to say about Muschamp here uh, leading up to this one. Coach Muschamp is my coach. That's the message. He will be my coach through the end of the season. And then, just like any other coach that's out there, whether it's a soccer coach, whether it's a equestrian coach, whatever, they're going to do an end-of-the-year assessment. The athletic director does. Then we'll see what's up. So it's like, <laughs> what in the hell, General Bob? You, he's your coach to the end of the year. And keep in mind, Muschamp's got a uh, deal that runs to the 2024 season, so we already knew he was a coach till the end of the season, but – He's got a 18 and a, I believe it's 18.6 million dollar buyout. But my gosh, Shane. I mean, how how do you not see that if you're Will Muschamp, you're these Gamecocks going into a crucial crucial game here against Texas A&M with your bowl hopes on the line. And you got the school president coming out here and saying, "We'll evaluate him at the end of the year." It's uh it's starting to look kind of grim there for old Muschamp. I like to think I, these guys passed each other in the hall later that day, you know, and, and Muschamp's just like, what the hell, Bob? What was that, you know? I mean, I'm still trying to recruit up here. Could you imagine? I mean, little little things like this get out. Don't you think if we know these other coaches don't know and they're not actually actively calling these recruits and saying, hey, Muschamp's out, man. You know, he's wanting you to come play for South Carolina, but he is not going to be there. Listen to what the freaking AD said. You know, mm. listen, listen what, who is this, the president? The president of the school, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the president of the school, you know. So, I mean, it's just, what are you doing? You're, you're making it even harder for the coach that you have to keep, you know, coming out here talking about parking garages are expensive. You know, it's <laughs> like, what the, the hell are you doing, man? And Mustamp, man, I... I you know, there's something about him. Um, you know, I I used to hate him. I'm not going to lie, Mike. And I don't know if it's because he was down at Florida at the time or something like that. But he's kind of grown on me mm-hmm. here at, at, at late. And I think I think he does that with the with the players too. And there's some there's some things about this game that uh, that really has me intrigued. All right, go with me here. Texas A&M has three L's. This year, okay. Now they're against good teams, mm-hmm. uh, real good teams. Alabama is a real good team. Clemson, real good team. Auburn, pretty good damn team, you know. Mm-hmm. But they also, I don't know if this is just I'm just we're just I'm looking at this. I'm trying to look at this like at a different angle. Okay, you with me? Yeah. After each, when they had this loss. The week prior, they played a cupcake team. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let me pull this thing up here because I want to. I want to have the exact names of the teams here for you. Just bear with me. Not totally prepared. I got it here if you need it. Okay. Yes. Before. Okay. So before Clemson, who'd they play? Texas State. Before Alabama, who did they play? Arkansas. Exactly. All right, you're telling them it's the worst team in the SEC or ever. Mm-hmm. All right, um, and before uh, Auburn, who'd they play? Fighting Lamar. All right, who did they play last week, Mike? Uh, UTSA. Exactly, another cupcake team. These guys keep going from 
from heroes to zeros, man. I mean, they're, they, they, nothing, they couldn't be stopped. Uh, there was last week, it, it, they, you got Spiller out here getting 200 yards rushing. Everybody's crowning him as the best running back in the league. But then you go against a team like South Carolina, a team that is struggling this year, yes. All right. Most champ has struggled. There's been a lot of yo-yoing going up there in South Carolina. A lot of that has to do with the injuries, man. That's just the brutal facts. They they were down a lot of players last week. You know, now you've got an additional week to get them healthy. You've got Coach Muschamp. The last time his back felt against the wall, you know, he went down to Georgia and won that thing. It kind of has the same vibe going into this week. We've got some players coming back. Uh, another thing, Texas A&M, when they don't run the ball, when they don't have that established game, mm-hmm. They struggled. That's one thing. If you look at the three losses that they had, they had no, they had nothing from their running games, you know, other than Mon running for his life. I think South Carolina surprises some folks this week. Now, I didn't make them lock of the week, so Gamecock fans, don't get mad at me. But I've got an upset brewing Uh-oh. down there in Texas A&M, and I've got South Carolina winning this game. Nothing against A&M. I just. I think they're really young. I think they're they've they're still growing. I think they'll be fine. But this is a team that is South Carolina is playing for their ball coach, man. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really do. I think every I think they're laying it on the line for Muschamp because the rumblings have started. The players are hearing it. These guys come away with a victory, thirty-one Texas A&M twenty-four. Ooh. That'd be a big one for Muschamp, Shane. That would silence yeah. a lot of doubters. And look at it this way, Shane, because this is uh, something I've been thinking about. I know South Carolina fans are obviously pissed, and they deserve to be, because there's been, you know, the Appalachian State game probably shouldn't have happened, even though they're ranked. North Carolina certainly shouldn't have happened. That was a tough loss. Mm-hmm. Been just way too inconsistent for me at South Carolina. We're starting to see Missouri maybe not all they're cracked up to be. That game was not even really competitive from what I recall. So certainly understand the frustrations there from the Gamecock Nation. But, you know, it's interesting, Shane. We look at a guy like Mark Stoops. And I'm not necessarily comparing Kentucky to South Carolina, so please don't get offended, South Carolina fan or Kentucky fans. I mean – Mm-hmm. I mean, Kentucky's own South Carolina here until this year. So, um, I mean, we look at Mark Stoops, and he was given time, and it's paid off. Ed Orgeron lost to Troy, and they stuck with him. Mm-hmm. I think it's one thing if you're damn Chad Morris and you're just completely clueless and you're not going anywhere. I That's not Will Muschamp. And, you know, we're talking about all these comments coming out of, the, you know, the president's not really supporting them. Uh, you got websites saying, you know, staff changes are imminent and all this. And you talk about that hurt recruiting. South Carolina continues to land commitments. I mean, hell, they just got a commitment from a running back. So in spite of all this, all these issues, I mean, South Carolina, Will Muschamp still winning on the recruiting trail. They got a quarterback mm-hmm. to build around. They got another quarterback committed, one of the top in the nation. I'm not saying you keep a coach because you got a quarterback, but right. I mean, it's just – I mean, the signs are there that he is doing things right. I know the results are not there, but, hell, that's playing in the SEC. And I put a lot of this on the whoever did the schedule because they obviously got to play Clemson out of, out of conference every year. 
why in the hell you play in North Carolina and Appalachian State? You need to go, if you're South Carolina, you got to play Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Clemson automatically every year. I'm going cupcake, cupcake, cupcake the rest of the schedule. I mean, <laughs> you need that when you're still building up your program. You know, how yeah. how different is this South Carolina season? I mean, I know it would be – imagine if they had that uh, Texas A&M schedule non-conference, you know, where they're playing Lamar and Texas State and all these oh, yeah. teams. I mean, if, if Muschamp didn't lose the season opener, if he didn't lose that Appalachian State game – I think he's fine right now. I mean, those those are the ones mm-hmm. that are killing him. So, look at it that way as well. I mean, Bill Muschamp, no favors done to him on the scheduling front either. So, I don't know. I just think you stick it out until until the like if the team quits on you, it's a different story. I don't think this team's quit on him. I think hell, no. if they quit on him, they wouldn't have beat Georgia. You know what I mean? So, right. I, that's my little spiel there. But I say all that to I, I certainly see why you made your pick of South Carolina. But I really like, you know, I talk so much about South Carolina. Let's kick it over to A&M. Jimbo Fisher, once again, having his team trending in the right direction when it matters the most. That was the thing that killed Kevin Sumlin. Jimbo Fisher, clearly, in my mind, a much better football coach, better recruiter. He's got his guys buying in, and he's doing it with a lot of youth on this roster uh, the tight end, Weidenmeyer, is outstanding freshman. Uh, Spiller, the running back, is really starting to come on. And Kellen, I like that tight end. Yeah, that's that's the guy I was talking about, Weidenmeyer there. Uh, Kellen Mon is really starting to buy in and, and see the, the offense the way Jimbo wants him to do it. So Texas A&M really trending in the right direction. I, I like that you hit on the rushing defense, though, because the Aggies have struggled at times to defend the – to defend the run after being outstanding at it last season. South Carolina, if they can run the ball here, they could have some success. I could It certainly wouldn't shock me to see that upset that you picked. But Halinski has struggled so much on the road. I really think uh, the 12th man shows up in this one, Shane. I like the Aggies to get hot again. Jimbo Fisher, if he doesn't win this game, I don't want to put him on the hot seat, but we're going to start hearing those questions. Yeah. And he's got two big, uh, particularly with these two last games, he's got uh, Georgia and LSU. If he goes, if he has a three-game losing streak, my God, there's, there's going to be meltdown here. So he's he needs to win this one, and I think he needs to win one of those other two to get some momentum going. So I like the Aggies to come out strong, two weeks to prepare. I like them to win and cover here. Texas A&M 27, South Carolina 13. Nice. I like it. All right, Shane, final. It's wrong, it's wrong, but <laughs> I like it. I, I'd like, you know, because I just think, honestly, A&M has just, I don't know, I keep seeing flashes of what they're going to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And does that come together this week? I don't know. If it does, then I could. it wouldn't blow my mind to see them blow South Carolina out of the water. But there's just been that just that little hiccup, that little hitch that they're just not all hitting on the right cylinders and – and I think a lot of that does have to do with youth. and uh, But they're on the verge of something really good down there. I truly believe it. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, that's kind of like your pick there. It, it does make sense what you're saying. I mean, it's kind of easy to be all on the same page against Texas State. Yeah. And then you take that step up of competition to Clemson and it's not there. And then the right. same with Lamar. And then it's, again, Auburn. So. It feels like, it, honestly, it feels like, they're making little mistakes during those Lamar games, you know, but it's not being exposed. 
until they play teams like Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I just, I, 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 that's way, the way it feels is that they can afford to make those mistakes on those cupcake teams, but when they make those, those miscues during the big games, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's next thing you know, it's Judy running down the field for a touchdown, you know? Right. Yeah, that's kind of part of uh, having a young, youthful team, you know what? Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, final game on the docket. Big game here. Kind of wish this was a night game, but it's the 3.30 CBS game of the week. Georgia at Auburn. And, of course, Shane, got us a little hype video. Hype video. What can you say about the Georgia-Auburn series that hasn't already been said? I've been ready for this game since about Wednesday. And it's finally underway. There goes Herschel. There goes Herschel. Here we go, fourth and 18 for the Tigers. Here's your ball game. Nick Marshall stands in, steps up. Got to throw down field, just a home run ball, and uh, it is tipped up. And Lewis caught it under the Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Touchdown, Auburn. Touchdown, Auburn. A miracle in turned to hair. A miracle in turned to hair. 73 yards, and the Tigers with 25 seconds to go. Lead 43 to and we got flags all over the field. All right, Shane, so the Georgia Bulldogs on the road here, SEC East on the line, essentially. They win this one, they lock up the East. The Bulldogs favored by two and a half on the road at Jordan-Hare Stadium, Shane. And uh, let's kick it over to Kirby, Shane, who talks about uh, Auburn's running game how important it is to kind of stifle them, get them into third and long situations. And then uh, the, I thought this was an interesting comment here on the advantage of getting a bye week before a big game like this. Obviously, Georgia didn't. Georgia had to play last week. Auburn's the team coming off the bye. I just thought this was an interesting comment here from Kirby. Coach, kind of going off of that, in those matchups, you get enough, a lot of rushing yards, and a lot of good rushing offenses in those games, like you said. Is that going to be one of the bigger keys in this game? That it's always important. I mean, you start with a line of scrimmage. If you can't run the ball and they can, you're probably in trouble. And um, if you give up explosives, it's probably a bigger sign than even the rush game. But, uh, you know, we have struggled in those games to stop the run and uh, something that we take pride in. and. Um, have done a better job this year uh, at stopping it, but this is a team very similar to ours, caliber of running, being able to run the ball. They are a, a stubborn run team. They're committed to the run and uh, want to find different ways to do it. And uh, they've always done that well. Oh, it's critical. It's, it's, if they're playing, or anybody, if they're playing third and seven or more, eight, nine or more, you're going to be at an advantage. You know that. That's just hard to do to get people off schedule, especially ones that are committed to the runs and like I've told you all before they have you know the point of attack is three different places on every play you know it's the quarterback it's the back and then there's something outside of that whether it's an RPO or a, some kind of screen game they're always making you defend all over the field and that's college football now and they do a good job of it so getting to third and long is a bigger problem than uh, being able to win third and long. You know in the early in the season I don't know how important those are because I don't know that you're to the point where you need recovery. So I, I would say the first four or five weeks of the season, it's a push if somebody has a bye before you or you have one before them. But as it gets later in the year, 
it has an effect because you're able to get guys back. Because what happens, the cumulative effect of this, the games in sequence, you lose guys and you don't get recovery time. And when you get recovery time, you can bring some guys back. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. We all got the same number of bye weeks, and most of us have had the same kind of stretch. You know, Auburn had a, a really rough stretch uh, there earlier in the year where they play consecutive teams. So um, it's just, just the way it fell this year, I guess. All right, Shane. So I, I agree with what Kirby's saying here. These bye weeks mean a lot more towards the end of the season. And how about this stat, Shane? Gus Malzahn has never lost a game at Auburn coming off a bye week. So I take that take that for what it's worth, Shane. Who do you like in this matchup? You know, this one, man, I, I've gone back and forth. I, It's like I can, I've seen like 10 different results in this game. And the thing, the, like when I'm looking at Georgia, what are they good at? They're so good at running the ball. You know what I'm saying? What's Auburn really good at? They're so good at stopping the run, mm-hmm. you know? And then you flip it around. What's what's Georgia really struggling at? Oh, they're, they're struggling at finding weapons on the outside. What's Auburn really good at? Exposing the, the mistakes that quarterbacks make, you know? It's just Georgia not letting up any rushing touchdowns. Auburn, if they can't run the ball, they can't win the game. So it's just it, – it's like – Who's this game's not it's almost like not who's gonna win, but who's gonna screw up the least. And I think Georgia, given the fact that they played a very similar team last uh, week or a few weeks ago with Florida, I think really helps them out. Get it dog. Nothing against the dogs, you know, but I, I I think that this is the week that Georgia gets it right. You know, they're now a top four team in the nation, man. And they know that they're creating their own destiny. They've got to do that. They've got to take care of business along the way. Auburn, a sneaky good team, a great defense. But I just think that Georgia has a little too much in the weapons department. You saw a little bit of it with, uh, with I think, Cager's coming back, right? Mm-hmm. He's supposed to, yeah. Okay, so I think Cager's back. You know, I think we saw a little bit with George, a little flash of him. I, I think they build off that, man, and, and don't get so one-dimensional. And when they when they do get to the point where they're stretching this field, I think that just opens up the lanes for all 10 of their running backs. So I like Georgia winning this game, but I think it's really close, man. I think Georgia wins 27, Auburn 21. What about you? Ooh. Well, Shane, I think my favorite – clip of the week I heard came from Mr. Bo Nix. I just thought this was awesome. You know, we're all SEC fans on this podcast, so obviously that's why we're tuning in here. And imagine being this young man. We've all been in this position. We all dreamed of leading our team against one of their rivals. And Bo Nix is living it this week. I just thought this was a great comment. Uh, Well, at the beginning of the week when I started watching video, I um, I realized that I'm actually playing Georgia on Saturday. And so growing up, I mean, that's what I always wanted to do. I grew up in watching these games and uh, how important they were, seeing the really big games, seeing the incredible games between the two teams. And so, uh, I mean, I'm just looking forward to playing in it. And it's just so surreal that, um, that it's here and, and we're at this far in our schedule and we're this far into the season. All right, Shane, so I really wanted to play that because I think the key to this game 
is going to come down to Bo Nix and what he can do in this game. It's time for him to show up once again. I know he did it in the Oregon game, but that seems like it was a lifetime ago. Mm-hmm. He has got to be more consistent to get this one. That's the only chance Auburn has in this game. And I think we really need to start seeing Bo Nix run with the ball. I don't know if they've been holding that back. I don't know if they've just been telling him not to do it. But that is the way they're going to be able to challenge this Georgia defense. They're not going to be able to to get much going on the ground. I don't think if Bo Nix is handing the ball off on every you know RPO play, he has got to make the defense respect his legs. He's got to be able to push the ball down the field. And I think that could be the difference here. I mean, Jake Fromm playing really well. You hit on it there. Uh, Georgia's offensive line start. I know they're banged up, but they're still gelling. DeAndre Swift and company getting it going on the ground. I don't know how much success they're going to have in this one. I mean, I, I honestly could see this game going either way. Georgia's got so much on the line, but so does Auburn, Shane. I mean, they mm-hmm. still, they're still believing that they got a lot ahead of them. And if they find a way to beat Georgia, if they find a way to beat Alabama, this is a hell of a season, despite all the yeah. up and downs and speculation and people ready to to call off. I mean, I don't, I won't say the pitchforks are in hand, Shane, but it seems like the pitchforks are uh, hanging on the coat rack, ready to be <laughs> grabbed by people on the planes the, the moment yeah. this thing goes wrong. I don't know what it is. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to lose our Georgia audience here, Shane, but I just think we're going to get a little Jordan Hare magic this week. Oh, gee. I'm going the outright upset. I like Auburn to defend the home turf there. I think the Tigers win this one 21, Georgia 20, and Kirby Smart has got a lot to answer for this week in Athens. If that happens, how big of a shock if Auburn wins this one? I think it's huge, and and it's, but not as big because people are talking about Georgia like they were at the start of the season. You know, everybody was excited about this team, thinking that this is going to be, some say the number one team in the nation. You know, and it's just, it felt like okay, the first couple of weeks they're tr- trying to find their identity, they're trying to, you know, they, it, but it just it keeps bleeding into the next week to the next week, and then. I, I, but I think that they are moving in the right direction. I think last week they there was some growing pains. Now, I mean, it wasn't a fantastic game, you know, as far as exciting to watch. But I think they learned. I think they grew last week, and and um, and I think they're going to be prepared. That the defense has kept these boys in a lot of games. It's the offense time to shine. It's their offense's time to make the difference. And, you know, this is this is why people have from as one of the uh, NFL prospects for the draft, you know, is because he's a he's a hell of a weapon. He's more than a game manager manager. And I think he takes that step forward this week in the big time game. You know, South Carolina, that one caught him off guard, but they were not caught off guard when they played against the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, they will not be caught off guard when they go down here and play the University of Auburn. I, I don't see how there can be an upset in this game just because top to bottom, I think this team is one. I mean, it, I think it truly is one of the top four teams in the nation. So I think this is this is a statement win for them as well, you know, because when you say Georgia, I'm telling you, if you're outside of Athens, people are thinking of South Carolina. 
You know, that's what they, when you tell them about Georgia, they think about that upset with South Carolina. Nobody's thinking about the great games that you've won already. This is an opportunity to have that type of statement game. You're on the national, you're on the big stage, just like that LSU Alabama game last week. And now it's your opportunity to take that step forward. Now you've got the upset going. I don't. I I, I think that Georgia does their business. I think, I, I think, I don't think this game ever gets out of control. I think Florida or Georgia gets ahead and I think they just do what they've always done. And that is just pound the rock and wear down this defense. So it's not going to be sexy, but it's going to be, it's going to be a victory for the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, how about this Shane? How happy is damn Alabama going to be if Auburn finds a way to win this game, (laughs) knock Georgia out of that top four and set up a showdown. I mean, it will give Alabama another opportunity to Alabama to win. Alabama's in, a, in. Well, maybe, but they they have to beat Auburn, right? So if they beat Auburn, oh, they would have yeah. they would have a that's probably their best win. But let me flip it to you this way, because I I'm sure as soon as I know you you're not you're not thinking this is going to happen. Just but just go with me here. If Auburn found a way to upset Georgia, I mean everyone's going to be. All the Alabama fans will be happy. Uh, you know, we'll get a quality win there. Auburn, two weeks later, turns around and beats Alabama. Mm. How realistic is it that Auburn, with a win over Georgia, a win over Alabama, in college football playoff contention? Yeah, I mean, say what you want. They kept the game closer against uh, LSU than anybody else has this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think they've got a hell of a resume. And, I, you know, they've got three games to really, I mean, fatten that resume. You beat Georgia, the number four team in the, na- the nation, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you go down and you beat Alabama, who's probably going to be at that moment, the number four team in the nation. Yeah, I think – how can you you look at them? They beat all these these studs. You got to keep you got to put them in. So yeah, I mean they, I mean it's still a long shot. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but it starts here. It starts here with the with the Georgia Bulldogs. The the this is the longest rivalry in the SEC. What a what an awesome game this is going to be. Uh, it's, it's not going to be fun and flashy like the the one we had last week, but. I think this is this is going to be a hell of a ball game, a physical. I mean, it's just going to be two juggernauts going at it. It's going to be it's going to be great, man. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. I think that's going to do it for this one. You got anything before we hop off here? I'm probably forgetting something, but no, I'm going to say no. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just looking forward to another round of football and. You know, because next week, boy, it's going to be ugh. soak this one up, man. Because this, I mean, compared to next weekend, it's going to be night and day with these ball games. Yeah, next week's uh, Pick'em show might be about 15 minutes long. I tell you. <laughs> How, upset weekend. <laughs> all right, man. That's all I got. All right. So that's going to do it for this one. Don't forget, please, you made it this far. Uh, If you wouldn't mind taking a step further, giving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps the show out. And obviously, we'll send you a koozie of your choice for doing that. We really appreciate all the reviews we get. And it just really helps grow the show. That's all we're trying to do there. So uh, that's all I got, Shane. Thanks for joining me. As always, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, We'll catch you on the next one.
Alright, see you guys. Go balls.